Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and uh, I'm not going to waste any more time. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess, wait, first, say hello, Luke. Say, say Hi, hello. I'm, I'm Luke Bailey. I'm here, I guess. Yeah, all right, let's not waste any more time screwing around. Uh, this is probably going to be our last episode for a while. It is. Let's play it the, is. Let's play the let's play the music. All right. Okay, so um, let's let's get into it. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's dig into why you and I are not going to be regularly putting out episodes anymore. <laughs> I mean, from my perspective, there's two big reasons. Okay, uh, what are your reasons? The first is that, like, my commitment to Tottenham Hotspur is just like taking up too much of my time. Uh, and my second and that's is a, that's a that's a soccer team, correct? That's a soccer team, yeah. And my second is obviously I. I I think we spend enough time talking to each other and we need like a solid three to five year break. Wait, before we get into that, but if your soccer team's still playing, but the World Cup's over. Different soccer team. There's always <laughs> there's always football. There's always football. That's the beauty uh, of football. There's always football. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay, so let's let's yeah, let's talk about it. So I I wanna we well, hang on, well, hang on. Before we do that, we should we should we should highlight like what we're planning to do. Which is so that people are asking. Okay, so basically, like, no podcast should ever really die in the same way that, like, no pop punk band should ever really break up. Fall Out Boy, Blink 182. Uh, I wish Green Day had done this, gone on hiatus <laughs> for like 10 years, and come back when they felt energized, not with, whatever with, they're doing. We're the Japan Droids of podcasts, I've said. Oh, wait, so did Japan Droids do this too? Japan Droids produced one perfect album, toured it for like two straight years, hated each other didn't produce another album. like one of them moved to mexico one of them one of them moved one of them moved to latin america i'm not going to suggest who that is but one of them moved to latin america uh they didn't talk for like a year uh and then like four years later they got together produced another perfect album toured that for like a year uh and have gone dark and have not toured since 2018 and i desperately miss them oh i see okay that makes sense uh yeah the, i mean i just think okay to bring it back to the world of podcasting I think there's a lot of podcasts. I think one could argue that there's possibly too many podcasts. I also Some have think said this. One of the issues also with tech podcasts in particular is if they go on for long enough, they eventually just become talking about whatever's randomly happening on Twitter that week and not in a way that's particularly satisfying. And I know that you and I felt this way at the end of last year where we had basically done the same episode for two months straight, like every yeah. single week we were covering the same three stories. And at first that was kind of interesting and then it wasn't interesting, but there was no way to like get out of that. Yeah. It was, it was Elon and SBF and that was it. And we were just talking yes. about these two guys constantly. And then sometimes we talk about AI, but the problem with talking about AI in a podcast is that AI is visual and podcasts are not visual. So there's not a ton you can do there with like Dolly or mid journey, but also I'm still writing about SPF and Elon <laughs> Musk. Like those two men are still just dominating this entire world. And I think that was like one thing that was dr driving us crazy. But then the other thing also well, is... Hang on. I mean, I think that's linked to another a kind of thing that happened to us earlier in the podcast. 
For anyone who hasn't picked up, by the way, this is a retrospective. We're doing a Content Minds dive on our own content. That's what's happening. Yeah, we're, 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 we're applying the Content Minds method to our own show before going on indefinite hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's happening right now. Yeah. So there was a thing that happened. Uh, it would have been late 2020, maybe early 2021, uh, where what, what, what we had was that we discovered that the episodes that spiked were when we just engaged with Twitch drama. Yeah. Uh, and we just like, particularly if we like went in on people, like if we were just like, fucking hate this person. And yeah. we both looked at it and we were like, that's bad. I don't want to do that. That seems awful. And since then, we've been kind of cautious to avoid just doing like, hey, here's the drama on Twitter this week. Because it didn't feel like we were bringing anything, bringing anything to it. Yeah, there's there's a go there. So if you've never looked at podcast metrics, they're deeply frustrating. And when we first started the show, we were using Anchor, and Anchor is a wild platform because like the numbers don't add up. They just don't make any goddamn sense. We moved to Substack last year. And the numbers were slightly better, only in the sense that I'm used to Substack numbers, so I can kind of get a sense of what they mean, but they're still fuzzy. And so if you were to look at our own metrics, Twitter drama or like internet drama with a Twitter lens does very well for this podcast. Although conversely, mentioning the word Twitter in the title <laughs> of an episode does very badly. And oh, I guess we should also mention that like Alan got a real job. <laughs> Yes. Oh God, this is very important. Like it's, I will. It's I will. Why we're shutting the show down, though? Like, I want to be very clear that Alan did not kill this show. Uh, no. If anything, Alan kept it going. I don't think we would have made it to the end of the year. Well, we did make it to the end of the year, but I don't think we would have made it to the end of the year without Alan. Yeah, I have told Alan that he was very much like a baby that a really uh, that a couple that's about to get divorced has to try not to get divorced. Like he's our he's our pre-divorce baby. But fortunately, someone else adopted the baby. Uh, therefore, we could get divorced. We're great. So now we, can, or yeah, or, or like he speed ran, and now he's an adult, so we can yeah. get divorced. You know, one of those things. Anyways, yeah. So that, that's an important thing to mention right now. But yeah, so I was talking to Alan about this, and we were talking about sort of metrics <laughs> you can, of our you show. You can tell he's gone about how sloppy this episode is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, like I am literally going to edit this. I'm going to edit some ums and ahs, put a compressor on this, and then that's it. Um. But I was talking to Alan about our show and sort of asking him, like, you know, how would you help us grow this show? Latin, this, we were talking about this last year. And one of the problems with trying to optimize a show, this is a thing that we talk about all the time, like optimizing other parts of the Internet are fairly easy. Optimizing a podcast is kind of diminishing returns. You're going to see the spikes. They're going to become more regular. And then they're going to pretty much fall off because podcast audiences don't approach your content the way that like random people on youtube would find a youtube video so optimizing for the hits just doesn't really work on a podcast yeah and discovery is harder as well it's it's a very odd audience and it's a very odd i mean broadly speaking what happened is that we got stuck in a a middle ground like i mean to put it in band terms what happened was we got stuck in a situation where we could both take three months off from our jobs as uh waiters and break even on a tour but then we'd go back to our jobs as waiters and we would be miserable for nine months and then we'd do another three-month tour and and it was kind of like we were stuck in that thing where we weren't clearly we've been stuck in the thing for a while where we've been not clearly like breakout 
success and also not clearly uh this is not worth doing we've been exactly in the middle point for like a solid year now that is definitely true so like if if people listening to this once again have never tried to do uh like podcasts professional work i guess um the metric that you kind of want to hit for a weekly show is 10,000 downloads an episode and we have kind of been stuck at 5,000 to 6,000 for almost a full year yeah. <laughs> and um, we and and to be crystal clear we love every single one of the five to six thousand of you yes uh that is absolutely true and like our monthly download rates were pretty good like on average we were getting too close to like you know twenty five thousand twenty six thousand twenty seven thousand downloads in, in a total month because we have a really big back catalog but i think there's like there's two interesting things to think about there which is like one we grew this show from like just the two of us farting around on Zoom, and we really haven't like stylistically progressed it past that. We are still literally just farting around on Zoom. But the show has like added more bells and whistles. We've brought in uh, producers. We've like worked on longer term stories, and the show has like matured a lot. But one of the problems I think when you grow a show like that over time is that the back catalog is less consistent to 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 listen to the entirety of and i know there's a bunch of bunch of you freaks out there that have binged the entirety of this show and i i think you're beautiful but i i, I mean i would I, not I, do that i don't know in like six months i do kind of want to go back and listen to like what we were saying at the start of lockdown because i'm fascinated uh, i've did, just did you just whatsapp me the word podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went to yeah, search man. it because the other day I, I I happened to search like our first conversation about the podcast because I, I was really, really curious. Uh and like I don't think we ever planned to do a podcast, is my Uh I okay. I remember this actually. You wanted to do a podcast during lockdown and you wanted to do a history podcast. And I said, I don't want to do that. And then I said, what if we did a podcast about the history of the internet? And you said, I don't want to do that either. And then we just started the podcast, not wanting to do the other one's idea. And this is what happened. <laughs> ah, see, I'm literally, I'm searching it. And I, I genuinely thought it was the other way around. No, no. I, this was you, your I know. I'm sh- I think you want to do the history podcast. No, no, I fought you on it for weeks because I was like, I don't want to do another podcast. I mean, hang on, hang on. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, hang on. I've, all right, I've got it on my, I've got it on my phone. Uh, oh Jesus, these all these ideas are fucking awful. Oh, man, why can I cannot find this original message? I'm sure it was you were uh, you were on the on the hit of the history podcast. I remember where I was standing. I remember like I remember I was literally. I had my, my old apartment in Brooklyn had like a tiny concrete front patio and I would just pace it while drinking okay. coffee in the morning. And so you the, first, me. the first time that we started this, first thing I messaged you was the 12th of March. And I said, uh-huh. do you want to do a coronavirus podcast? I don't know Whoa. if we were talking Whoa. about. Yeah. And the idea would be US versus UK, how our relative countries are doing. Your response to this was, I would, but I'm terrified of the idea. This could last long enough to actually get a show off the ground. Oh no! No. <laughs> and my response was like, "This will still be going in the summer," and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, sure, I know, I know." Um, uh, 
Well, yeah, and like it was mad because we were going back and forth about like how mad COVID was, and like, oh my god, this person's got it. Oh my god, this person's got it. You suggested at one point we should do a COVID nineteen celebrity death pool as the podcast. Oh well, that is still a good idea. <laughs> oh, oh, I found it. I found it. My idea was okay. Actual podcast idea. Bi-weekly episodes where we discuss a random item of pop culture. We discuss one, then you set the next one. The next episode, we discuss that. I set the next one, etc., etc. As like a back and forth. You responded with, "Okay, I've been thinking about this. What about a history podcast? Have you heard? Quote unquote. You're wrong about." Oh, my idea was the history podcast. Your idea was this. I knew it was your idea. I was convinced it was your idea. No, it was your idea. Well, that's funny. Uh, a oh, funny- you, you also suggested that I try and get you into football, and I was like, there is, there is no football. Football stopped because of COVID. Oh, right. Well, that did it. So, that, okay, that's funny. So a few things that are interesting there. One, uh, the show does involve, this show does involve a lot of you trying to get me into football, so that did yes. happen. Yeah. Two, uh, we have never, I'm pretty sure, successfully said that we were going to do one idea one week and then actually followed through on that idea the next week. In the way that we had announced it. I'm pretty Almost sure we've definitely. never actually done that. I think um, maybe, I think the only time we did it was after January 6th. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, and then also, um, I, I, yeah, le- less celebrities died of COVID than I thought at the time. I thought that there was going to be a lot more famous people dying of COVID, but that didn't happen. Turns out uh, the rich people uh, were less uh, likely to die of COVID. Um yeah, okay, well... I will I think... say, that, uh, sorry, I found the final pitch for the show as we started it, which were called okay. Trailblazers. And the final pitch was from you, and it was, here's some stuff I've seen, stuff I've read, things I'm doing kind of show. Yeah, well, that's what we ended up doing. Yeah. <laughs> there was a definitely, like, a middle period there where, like, our lives were aligned in such a way that we could do sort of, like, bigger investigations... I also think the internet was different in a way where like there was more it was like easier to sort of be like, all right, like let's dig into this like crazy thing we found on Facebook and like make an episode out of it. And then that just sort of like that whole genre of thing for us went away. And then I I feel like that when that happened, that's when the show started to get like more difficult for us to do. Yeah, I think so. I I mean, it felt like broadly during early well, from basically the start of the pandemic to the end of 2021, like nothing else was happening. Like broadly, think like there was no there was no big thing. It was coronavirus. So just talking about other shit and being like, this is weird. This is weird. It was quite quite good and it kind of worked. And then the world kind of started back up, and it felt like over the course of a few months, we caught up with a lot of the development that hadn't happened over that period. Yeah. So we ended up with a situation where we we kind of were no longer we it didn't make any sense to dig into like, hey, here's this weird esoteric thing because the weird esoteric things, like people stopped, I kind of stopped caring about them because a bunch of things were happening again. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And like the news cycle every week didn't feel as rigid as it does now, which I think is a consequence of Twitter breaking. Like there just felt like there were more stories in a given week that we could dig into where it's like this week, it's like, all right, well, we've got our choice between Prince Harry and all that stuff or the Brazilian insurrection uh, or, like, a bunch of Twitter bullshit again. And I feel like every week that's kind of what's happening now in a way that I find very boring. Okay, but I think this also comes to something else that we've talked about, which is that our diagnoses have remained the same. 
they, they, there's been a couple of new ones, but they've they've roughly like the same basic principle of we look at something and we're like, oh, I understand what this thing is. Yeah, like yeah, like, my, like the diagnoses are like if I start. So we've got one that's uh, social media incentives like drive people to really extreme positions that they end up maybe believing, maybe not, but it creates a weird content. TikTok is a witch hunt thing, which is one of yours. Like that's just it kind of explains everything on TikTok. And it's very hard to get away from this frame of being like, sure, it's, it's a witch hunt machine. It just directs you at a thing, and then that's all you think about. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely true. I, I sort of thought that by this point there would be more new stuff on the internet to talk about. And I don't think this is a con- – okay, obviously, like, we are old. Uh, but at the same time, I look at the new stuff – and I think like, oh, these are just pieces of the old thing again. And like every once in a while, something novel happens. But what's also really interesting is like the more we've done this show, the more, you know, thankfully we've had audience members like request that we had, we do stuff. But a lot of times like there are quests to do stuff just sort of boil down to like, look at this thing that everyone's talking about on Twitter. Like we want you guys to talk about it. And so, and part of me is just like, yeah, it's happening on Twitter. yeah i mean that that or it's kind of like a hey here's this thing like a thing that we've already talked about and we look at like, yep that's the same thing again and yeah i don't want to say that the internet's boring but i do say that an awful lot this instant the same incentives and the same hacks and the same uh, weird bits of oh here's how this thing works i've done this thing and i've made some money from it exists on essentially every platform like, there's a bunch of platforms we never looked at. Like, I guarantee if we went to, I don't know, OnlyFans, we would discover the same growth hacks or a similar group of growth hacks. I have never used OnlyFans, Luke. I don't... No, I mean, neither have I, but, like, I, don't I guarantee... Pay, I don't pay for pornography. <laughs> um, I'm a millennial. <laughs> yeah, I'm a millennial. I would never do that. No, I, I, I agree with you. It's like the the same stuff that the internet has sort of been run on for the last decade is no longer working very well but we're stuck in this weird lull where it's still running stuff so like mr beast for instance you and i've gone back and forth about how to talk about mr beast and like one of the things that's like kind of frustrating about talking about mr beast is that like he has never actually done a single novel thing he's just sort of optimizing the stuff that works and he's been doing it like at a, I mean, e- even like going to Antarctica, which was like his most recent stunt, like it's not really that different from like any of the other things that crazy YouTubers have done. Well, I mean, specifically him, like he has a thing which is 50 hours in a place and he's done 50 hours like in a coffin, 50 hours in an ice room and 50 hours in, in Antarctica is just like the next thing. Yeah. yeah. Also, he is, he is closing in on the most TikTok followers of anyone. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's gonna be—he's gonna be the first like billionaire internet creator. Like, it's gonna happen. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I he, yeah, I saw a thing with him the other day where he was like, he makes like enough from his back catalog now that it's it's it, it kind of doesn't make any sense that he's still producing. Like, he could retire and live off his back catalog forever. So, I think that's a good—that's as good of a segue as I'm gonna aim for to talk about the future. <laughs> um, so basically. Like I said, I don't think there's any use in in like saying a podcast will never come back because that's silly and stupid. Also, like we own the show, so we can turn it on whenever we want. But one of the interesting sort of 
but we, side we, effects. We, we do plan to delete the entire back catalog. Well, you know, I've thought about it sometimes. I literally have because I've been because like I don't know, like the, I maybe it's because of age or maybe it's because of using the internet for so long. But like I've started to become more interested in the idea of something like what Mr. Beast has, which is like an evergreen back catalog that can just be watched. Which like mm. I. You know, you could never do with the format that we do the show in because it's like it's topical stuff every week. Um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep the show up. Uh, but I will be pausing people's subscriptions and I will send information around about how, you know, refunds might work or I can move your information over to Garbage Day if you want a free sub for a while over there or whatever it is. I'm not going to kick anybody out of the Discord if that you've gotten in there by paying, like, assume your grandfather did, uh, <laughs> buy a Garbage Day t-shirt or something. Um, but I do think that one of the side effects of having monthly subscribers on a podcast rather than advertising, which was sort of our goal. Our goal was sort of trying to, like, jumpstart uh, a sizable enough community to eventually get to ads and then go, uh, you know, no paywall that could, we couldn't do it. And then one of the in- weirder side effects of doing it that way is that we got locked into a regular schedule that was like v- becoming increasingly hard to do. Um, so when yeah. people talk about sort of like Patreon or Substack support a podcast, like that's something to think about. Like, can you regularly produce a podcast of quality uh, at a timeline in which people won't stop paying for it? Uh, we, I didn't think we could anymore yeah i mean i've i've been working from the office for like most like three or four days a week for like a year now and often those days are the days we record on so i'm often you know if i have a a longer day than even kind of slightly longer than usual i am like getting on the tube on one end getting off the tube the other end getting a sandwich like at like 10 to the hour that we record and then jumping on a record and for like an hour and a half and it means that like my days are like 12 13 hours long and it's not they were not my best episodes let's say that yeah I, as i've started to add on more like bells and whistles to garbage day or freelance work or whatever it is i've you know it's the same deal it's like the the amount of time that we could take off I mean, from we're, the we're, show. Day, we're a day late on this because you ended up just having too much work yesterday yeah, I, I had a bunch of source calls yesterday for a thing I'm working on. So, like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, like, things are just, like, and, and that's also something that I, I guess we hadn't really considered, which is, like, when we when we sort of hit our stride with this show, it was, like, kind of that perfect mix of, like, there was still not much to do outside or in our real lives, but there was a lot to talk about on the internet. And now that's sort of flipped in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, remember the Suez Canal boat? That was oh, great. Oh, God. There was, was another so another good. another boat got stuck in the Suez Canal the other day, and then it got immediately freed, and it was like, ah. Oh. See, that's such a bummer. I feel like, yeah. like man, I, I would give anything to relive the Suez Canal week because then there was the sea shanty stuff too. It was a good week, um, but basically, I want to be able to like one like fall in love again with like making a single unit of podcast because I feel like I just don't <laughs> feel that way anymore, and then two. Like, I would love to be able to say, hey, this crazy thing happened and we have like a really original take on it and we think we could make it in a time that makes sense. Like, let's jump on the horn and record something. Um, And we can't really do that right now. I will say for any listeners, do not remove this from your podcast feed because this feed is not dead. There is just not going to be podcasts. It's just not not dead. There's just no podcast in it. Um, No. Yeah. But like things will happen on this feed in the future. I'm like 98% sure of that. Well, I just don't know what or when. 
who knows? And like, also here's the thing. And here's a little peel behind the curtain. I won't name the companies, but I will say that like over the course of this show, several companies have approached Luke and I about like taking our dynamic and bringing it to their show, whether it's like they buy this feed or they hire us to make their own original thing. If anyone wants that, you know, let me know. <laughs> like Luke and I, I assume we'll stay friends. Um, so we're more than happy to, to co-host something. Um, but there, I, I think that's, that also kind of led me to a lot of burnout is like, I spent most, I feel like I spent like the majority of 2021 and into 2022, like talking to comp like podcast companies that had approached us and like pitching them versions of this show that they could then produce. And they were like all very excited. And then all of that, like all of that enthusiasm would just drain away. And I went through that, like close to a dozen times. And now like <laughs> the idea of like writing about a, a podcast I want to do in a Google doc makes me want to like vomit in my own mouth. Like the idea of it is just like crazy. Also, if I could rant for just a second, it's a podcast. It's not a TV show. It's not a movie. It's two microphones. It's not a high production. I can do it on my laptop. Like I, I'm sorry. Like the amount of like, like the amount of like just utter like indecision in the podcasting world is totally crazy to me. They're free. You can just put them on Spotify. Anyone can make a podcast. Sorry. I needed to really get that out of my system. Adam, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do with the podcast in your next role. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, any professional podcast companies to approach us now after I've gone on that lengthy rant. No, I, I, no, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's, it's unfair. I, I think that there is a an unwillingness often to I think podcasts are one of the few mediums in which kind of old school internet still works which is start a thing see what it becomes maybe it becomes something great maybe it doesn't maybe in I don't know a year's time you've worked out hey I know how to do this we have a formula lots of people listen to us like we're just going to do more of this we're going to we're going to spin this formula out into other things. But starting a podcast is really pissing easy. Keeping it going is the hard part. I think also it goes through phases where in certain eras of podcasting, people really love the kind of like the, the, the kind of show that's more like chatty and more sort of like low concept. And then there's eras where people love the big concept shows and like the high production ones. And then there's like that era that I think we're in right now where people sort of like the podcast that can be described as one thing and every episode is just a different version of that one thing. So like yeah. normal gossip is a fantastic example. It's one of the biggest podcasts in the world right now. And it is, it is ostensibly the same idea every episode, which yeah, is but normal, other normal gossip. gossip is, I think it's a comedy podcast. Like a big chunk of this is get funny people in a room and have them be funny at each other. Like so, in the UK, one of the most successful podcasts right now is um, Off Menu with you, James. You guys Hester have you guys got Gamble. podcasts now, right? You guys we you do podcasts over there. Some family? of them, some of them aren't even on the BBC. It's not all just my dad made a porno anymore. No, but this is what's so insane about this <laughs> is that Off Menu, which is another, I think it started right before lockdown, which I think was why it, it was a big part of it. But the gist is, two comedians, very funny. Uh, and their their kind of vibe is that they they talk about the best food they've ever had, the best, uh, and they've got course. You have to have the best starter, best main, best dessert, and you know they just talk to various other comedians and famous people. So it is mostly funny people being funny, but you know they're also having like good fun with it. 
However, this concept of setting up like a fantasy restaurant where you have your perfect meal has now like expanded because people are like, oh, we could just do the same thing, but for something else. So the BBC have got one about pubs. The BBC have got one about funerals. There's one oh, kicking around what? about your perfect football ground where it's just like, hey, what we're going to have is we're going to have a funny host or a funny hosts, and they're going to have a guest and they're going to be like, hey, what do you like in a pub? What do you like in a funeral? What do you like in a football ground? And this is just a format now. Wait, but... This is what I'm talking about, which is that this current era of podcasting that we're in, people really want the setup to be pretty much the same and then a variation on it every time. Like all the podcasts I listen, in fact, actually, the podcast that I've been listening to the most recently, although I'm sort of like losing interest in it over time, is the Always Sunny podcast. And they never follow through on the setup, which is that they're going to talk about a single episode of their stupid TV show. Which is the thing but- that I want. <laughs> which is all I want. Uh, but the fact that every episode has that as a launching point kind of like helps me understand it and also like explain it to other people. And I think that's like one thing that if I could go back in time and tell, well, no, hold on. If I could go back in time and talk to Ryan during uh, March, 2020, I would tell him all kinds of things, uh, <laughs> but I would eventually get around. <laughs> I would eventually get around to talking imagine, to him. Sorry. Imagine, imagine a scenario in which you like, you met you, you went back to yourself uh in march 2020 and the only things you mentioned were about podcasting and you're like sorry is this the virus <laughs> yeah. the virus is happening no 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 no, no. okay no, no. so hold on riverside Here's... fm is a better app <laughs> yes you've got to really think about your rollout strategy do i do not pay a monthly uh fee for headliner access you don't need it no what i would tell him though eventually about this podcast is i would say that like it is probably worth spending a few more weeks workshopping like a central idea for the show rather than like, hey, look at the stuff that we've looked at this week. I think I would have gone a little further. But also, I should point out, when I was doing uh, Internet Explorer years and years ago, um, I was desperate to turn that show more into like a loose chat show. Um, and now that I've done it for two years, like I just want to officially put on the record that I'm sorry for, for all of the meetings in which I brought that up. It is not any easier. It is not any easier and it is not any more fulfilling. I'm a huge doing- fan. I'm a huge fan of that, that. There would have been moments when like Julia was like in a meeting going like, hey, so we've got this really tight script and you're off in one corner being like, why don't we just talk about things? I, I literally, that is literally, yes. I would talk to the, my former producer and I would say, well, what if we just like turn the mics on? Like, what if we just, like, turn the mics on and, like, riff for, like, two hours, and then you edited it down into something listenable? Um, yeah, I'm never going to pitch that idea ever again. Um, I've done it. Well, I, I mean, I, hang on. I, I, mean, I will point out that when we started this podcast, because this was not the original name or format of the podcast, True. the first podcast was called Trailblazers, the first two men to ever make a podcast. And yeah, that something was, like that, yeah. I mean, that was pure mental health. But it was also far more organized than our most recent episodes. That's true. Because I would basically, so it became very quickly apparent that like trying to do interviews with multiple people in multiple time zones was a nightmare. So what I would do is like you and I would talk and then I would go and I'd fill in space with other people I'd interview about uh, kind of like, I think the, the pitch was like their pandemic hyperfixation. And the yeah. whole idea was sort of like a a portrait of like what people were obsessed with, with like a very light internet angle. I think the best example, one that you were part of the interview for as well, was we talked to our, our mutual friend Andrew about his love of, of picking mushrooms. And Which is using, insane because he was yeah. between the 
Kamala Harris and Joe Biden campaigns at that point. Yes. Which retrospectively is completely insane. Yeah, yeah he, he then, basically yeah. he took like two weeks off, talked to us about picking mushrooms, and I assume picked a lot of mushrooms, and then was back on a different presidential That's right. campaign. That's right. We had all kinds of like, and, and that was literally just me like tweeting out people and being like, hey, you want to come talk to us? Um, but But like, the show then became kind of like, more of an explainer thing for us and then that sort of evolved into more investigative deep divey stuff and then uh basically by last summer it kind of petered out into like here's what's on twitter every week which i think is kind of the life cycle of almost all of (laughs) like like tech podcasts which is like super high concept then it's like no we're just gonna like pick one thing and like do like a surface level talk about it all right let's get crazy and and dig into it and then it's like all right this is on fucking twitter the, the problem is when you get down to it there's like eight platforms and each platform has its its dynamics and the dynamics are the same no matter which what person you are and the d- dynamics are very similar across platforms so ultimately you're talking about like hey why is everyone talking about this thing on youtube it's like well for kind of the same reasons they're talking about a slightly different thing on tiktok last week and for a slightly different reason they were talking about something on facebook the week before and it happened like we did the very first episode we did that was the dive into the Facebook, um, uh, what's it called, the quarterly report that they do. The most viral content, what's it? Whatever it, whatever it's called. But the, the the report that Facebook do every quarter where they go like, hey, here's the things that most shared on our platform in the last three months. And the first one we did of that was kind of crazy because we went through and discovered a bunch of like completely random pages that were run by like one person in a suburb in Arizona somewhere that for some reason had been read by... Uh, more people on than anything on earth since the bible or the little red book and yeah we're having this kind of wow this is insane and then it kind of like the next month it was just a different set of people and we're like okay so that happened again i don't have anything more to say to it other than like it's a slightly different person doing it and the mechanics yes. like yeah fell apart i i i mean on i mean honestly the next step for us would have been like on the ground reporting but Obviously, that's tricky. We both have, like, other jobs and other things in our lives. And two, like, I'm not totally convinced that podcasts are the thing that I would put money towards doing on the ground. Like, I understand the value of sort of, like, you know, catching field recordings and, like, immersive audio. But, like, if I'm going to spend the money to, like, have you and I fly to, you know, fucking Macedonia to interview CBD teenagers, I'm going to suggest we film that. <laughs> yeah like, like like even with our phones i'm gonna say like hey maybe we should film this and so like you know because we we self-fund this uh or like fund it through subs- subscribers so the idea of like because we had talked about this we had talked about taking like a nest egg of the money we made with the show which is not much and and sort of putting it towards optimizing the show into something really huge and big and we kicked it around for a while and it just there's nothing that really felt like you could do with a podcast for the amount of money we had that could level it up, that could say that it would do better. Also the amount of time that we had. Like, that's the other half of it that I think, that I think is really, really important. It's that, you know, had it been... Like, had it been a fifth of the size, we would have scrapped it a while back. Had it been five times the size, we probably could have done something with it. But we kind of ended up in this middle ground where it was like, it's kind of worth doing, but not quite really. Like... Like, we're not making money from it, really. Uh, and so it was kind of like, yeah, we were never in a position where we could take what we were doing and really reinvest aggressively. And we were also never in a position where 
we could just be like, fine, we're just doing it for fun, and therefore, like our our, our uh, production values and the effort we're putting into it is 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 really low because it's not like right. It's that's yeah. the thing. It's like stuck. It's like exactly in the middle where like we're almost there, and then I think because we're not quite there, it's more noticeable than if we weren't almost there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it, it it also means that like you know we're going to do this every week. We're not going to be like, hey, sorry, I've got. I mean, this happened. This happened one week where I, it was a actually it was that week that we ended up not doing before Christmas, where I had like takes to football on one night. I had like <laughs> a Christmas party on another night. A, awards due on another night, and I was like, I don't have a night. Like I don't have a night. I can record this podcast. And then you kind of were like, I'm also up for not recording this podcast. So like, all right, we won't record this podcast. But we both, like, we have that pressure to record, which I think is useful because it, it, it makes you keep doing it and it kind of drives you on when you otherwise would be like, eh, maybe not. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, it doesn't feel like we can put the, I don't effort's the wrong word for it, but it doesn't feel like you can really put the time into it to make it, take it to the next level. And so, and that's ultimately the thing, like for most internet projects I've done in my life, it has been like very clear what you could do to make it better. And then that would increase its audience or presence for the most part. Like most things you do on the internet are actually fairly easy to game out that way. Podcasting is not like that. And so like, you know, when I'm thinking about like, okay, like what, what kind of money do I want to invest to like take garbage day to a new level. Like I kind of know, actually it's pretty simple. And then yeah. it's just a matter of like finding the time, the energy and the resources to do that. Whereas with the content minds, yeah, we had talked about it back and forth for months and been like, I don't know. I, I truly don't know. Um, I, I think maybe turn it into more of like a documentary thing, but then you can't really do that on the schedule we're on. Anyways. But this, well, this was it. Like, the, the, actually, the only other idea that I did have that I don't think we ever talked about was the idea of making, um, doing a subscriber episode and then making the episodes like three hours long and recording them over the course of a month where we did big investigations. I and, I know that a lot of podcasts do that, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's not, I mean, there, there, there could have been a way where we could have like, become subscriber only and then done like one free episode a month and it's just the subscriber only stuff kind of cleaned up and put together i don't really want to silly. do that like i, yeah. I don't either <laughs> i don't either like i also i think i've just become and i don't know if this is i don't know if this is a permanent change i don't know if this is a platform driven change i don't know if this is what this is but i feel as though the shows that i was listening to as podcasts before the pandemic, I kind of expected them to eventually re-enter my life, my life, and they never did. And now I just watch a lot more video content, but not like short form video content. I watch like basically podcasts as videos. That's interesting. So I'm still I still listen to a lot of podcasts, but part of that is because there's a big chunk of football podcasts in there, which I think don't lend themselves to a video in the same way because everyone looks like a, a gremlin. Um, I think that, yeah, I, th I think I'm probably not wrong. Like, this is the problem, though, is, like, a really good podcast should just stay a podcast. Like, don't go and do the next thing. Don't go and do video. Like, live shows, I think, are a little bit of an exception because they're kind of, the, the environments, the, or sorry, the, 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 the audience creator mechanic is still roughly the same. But, yeah, like, once you start adding video, you end up with, like, 
what we've talked about the the Always Sunny podcast, where it was really really yeah. good fun for a really long time, and now they are constantly talking about what they're doing on video, and I'm I'm listening to a bunch of people just talk about a thing that I can't see, and I'm just like, I hate this. Why yeah, I listen to this? I, I I listen to Dennis or what's his face, Rob, Rob uh, not Rob, uh, the current. Glenn Howerton bust down a door because he's always dreamed of busting down a door. And I can tell you that was not captivating audio to listen to. No, um, no. That's the other thing. I, and I, 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 I think I, the, the only other show that I know that kind of went through this before it eventually kind of went off the rails and imploded was Reply All. And I know that like there was a period of time where they just stopped making episodes because like they had done all the episodes in the studio they wanted to do. Didn't, they were going out of the studio to do more interesting stuff, but you can't do that on a regular time frame. And so, like, eventually just sort of peters out. And I think that's true for many podcasts, unless you have a regular prompt bringing you back in, like, say, How Did This Get Made? Which is there's always going to be new bad movies to watch. Yeah. Uh, and in theory, that would work for our show, except the internet doesn't produce, like, truly different experiences quick enough, I think, to sustain it. In a or way it, where, you know... It, it does, but it's also, like, there's not enough to say about it. And honestly, part of this might be an age thing. And I, I increasingly think, think it is more having this conversation, which is that, like, if I see, like, oh, there's a new meme that everyone's talking about, I'm, like, I see it as a, a, just another meme, and I don't care about it unless it's, like, extremely big or extremely weird. But, like, everyone talking about, like, isn't it wild? Uh, I'm trying, I literally I can't even think of one because they, they're kind of, like blur into one now so i will say this one uh i'm not old i'm young and beautiful still sure. uh two i did do uh a show talking about memes in my early to mid 20s and i can tell you that it was just as hard then to talk about memes <laughs> in a podcast because you can't look at them and describing a meme is like a really embarrassing version of describing a dream. It, like, it's just not captivating to listen to. Um, right. So, but I do feel kind of like the way you feel. I, like I said, I'm not nearly as old as you are. I'm still young and very beautiful, but I also feel increasingly burned out by like the meta conversation of the internet, especially as like the people in charge of the internet just expose, like reveal how little they care. So it feels like it feels it feels harder to like feel fulfilled by talking about it because there's no one who's going to do anything about it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, it's not so much even about like the people in charge. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's just hard to feel. It's hard to feel that we have a significantly new thing to say about the latest thing that's happening on the internet. Like, I, I, I think I honestly, without putting too much on I think that, the the Elon stuff kind of pushed this to a line where it was just like yes. it f- felt like it felt like it kind it both simultaneously extremely mattered and just felt completely pointless. Yes. Like I I have no interest in doing the like here are the top stories in the tech world this week. Like no. I know I'm not interested in that. I've never been particularly interested in that. And I I am always more interested in sort of the weirder offbeat stuff. The problem with Elon is that he's both. He is the top story of the week. He's the thing that everyone's talking about. And he's also doing totally insane shit that like doesn't matter. There's no like 
there's no rhyme or reason to it. In fact, like you and I used to have this conversation about Trump all the time, which is like talking about Trump is actually very boring unless you're a total moron because there's no reason to talk about it. It doesn't matter. He doesn't think about what he's doing. There's no thought process there. There's no like discerning what's going to happen next. At a certain point, you're just like making fan fiction. And I don't want to write fan fiction about Elon Musk every week. Well, this was the secret of um, Chapeau Trap House during their kind of post-2016 hype, which was that they... You know, they talked about Trump for like three or four episodes, and every now and again they'd mention him as like a particularly ludicrous thing he did. But the whole point was like, you actually can't engage with Trump because he doesn't make any sense. He's not something you can talk about. Whereas you yeah. really can talk about what the Democrats are doing. And so that was kind of, they were like, they figured out like, actually, the people we should be yelling at here are the Democrats and pointing out how they keep getting things wrong. And it made much more sense for them. And it, it was why I think that for an extended period they were, you know, so far on top they i mean they still are now they have enough legacy thing i just i, I suspect their growth is slower i'd be really interested to see a chart on that but i, I have not seen one. well they got the the ryan broderick bump a couple that's weeks true ago, so, that's a good point you know, they, got, they got the garbage day bump um no i i i think you're right i think there's just i think there's probably a version of the show where we become just like really fucking vicious about like any tech outlet that isn't going after musk kind of like to do the the dirtbag leftist approach but to the tech media that's true. That would be the way, isn't it? It's probably the way to do it. That would be it. Yeah. That would be it. We would be like constantly beefing with uh, Taylor Lorenz and Chris Stoker Walker and Mike our Isaac. Friends. Yes, people that we friends. like, people that we genuinely yeah, like friends. and are nice, but we would go for them. And then, yeah, and then and they'd, they'd yeah. DM us and be like, hey man, what the fuck? And we'd be like, oh, it's just, it's just, it's just a bit, man. It's fine. Come on the show. Come on the show. Come on the show. Come on the show. Yeah. You know, exactly. Like, that's what we would do is we would viciously attack tech writers uh, for their lack of sort of teeth about Elon Musk. But the problem is that, like, one, we know those people. They're nice people. They're good reporters. And two, I think actually for the most part, a lot of tech media is fairly aligned. There are obviously some exceptions about, like... I think there was the New York Times wrote like, what's Elon Musk's political beliefs? And it's like, come on, like, we know he's yeah. a fucking edgelord. Um, but yeah, I think also, also all those tech writers are funnier than us and would. Own. Yeah, no, they're smarter and funnier. Can, and, can, can yeah. you imagine, can you imagine us attempting to like own Kate Intopolis? No, I will never do that. I, I <laughs> no. will never try to do that. Um, because we would be destroyed. Yeah, I would never do that. But that is the way you would do the show. I think yeah. that's, that's, you would just <laughs> burn well. everyone around you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess in many ways, uh, to, sum, to sum this all up, um, Alan didn't kill the show by getting a real job, but he didn't save the show. So really, you can't give him a passing grade there. But Elon <laughs> Musk probably did kill the show. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, hey, can we talk about our worst moments from the show? Because I have like a very specific one. Not a very specific one, a very general one, but what? a very vivid one. I didn't even ask. I didn't even think to ask that because I've never had a bad experience with the show. Yeah, of course. Tell me. What was your worst experience? Watching the cinematic universe movies really i was Ugh. literally just thinking about how much fun i had doing that the other day no 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 i'm sorry like there were chunks of it that were fun like the fast and the furious stuff was good fun uh, most of the marvel stuff was fun but there was a point where we were watching like bad dc movies and i was like getting yeah. up early on a saturday morning to watch a dc movie like, i'm watching like, a three and a half hour justice league and just being like i hate this i absolutely yeah. fucking hate this I will that was say, my low point I I did enjoy The Matrix. The Matrix stretch. was great. The Matrix was really good. I really enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed the Fast and Furious. I enjoyed seeing the newest Fast and Furious movie in an abandoned movie theater in Sao Paulo, Brazil, wearing like an, <laughs> N6, an N95 mask. I enjoyed that. Um, in terms of my lowest point with the show, um, 
Oh, okay. So in the very beginning, when I was still editing it myself, um, there was one. I was taking it way too seriously than I need. Like I was taking it way more seriously than I needed to. I don't know why. I think I had gotten like really nice headphones for the first time right. and could like hear stuff finally. And I was like, I got to make this perfect. Um, and you didn't record into your microphone one week. You just recorded into your laptop. <laughs> I and, mean, at one point that happened like three weeks in a row. It was. It was really but I remember bad. one time it happened. I, I believe it was like the summer, and I believe it was a heat wave. And I was up in Massachusetts in a house with no AC, and I was trying to edit your sound in a room that I, I was dying. And I think I, I think I had an emotional breakdown. I think I had a complete <laughs> emotional breakdown trying to edit your audio to sound better. Um. Yeah, that was probably my lowest moment. Actually, I mean, you know, actually, genuinely, you don't actually. I've just realized what the actual lowest moment was. What's that? I was in Brussels when you attempted to edit the show out loud next to me. Yeah, you didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't know like that. That was actually that's that was that was probably a pretty low moment, which is uh, trying to get the episode out. Um, yeah. While we were in Brussels on your stag do, that was <laughs> that was brutal. Actually, was I hated awful. doing that. In a really weird way, it became like a harder thing for me to do when I stopped editing the episodes because then I had to like work with other people to get the episode live, which meant that like it couldn't fit around my but insane you, schedule. You anymore. couldn't you couldn't do a thing where you like went into a bubble and was like, "Hey, I have a weird hour. I'm going to sort do the work that I need to do." You were like, "Oh, I need to wait for someone to email me back." Which is a much more stressful position to be in. Yeah. I want to thank our producers, Seven Morris and Alan Haberchak, over the yeah. years for helping us build this show. But yes, it became a harder thing to do for sure. Um, and then also, like, you know, if they send you the edit and, and you don't like it, you're just adding more time. So it's like, I feel like the show's quality starts to dip because you're just like, I don't think that this is worth an extra 45 minutes to two hours to yeah. like fix, right? Whereas if you're looking um, at it, you're like, oh, that's an annoying thing that I can remove in five minutes, it's worth it exactly and then i think that compounds over time that eventually you sort of get episodes that just aren't as vibrant as they could be because like it's not it's not a it's not a madness it's like not coming from a place of madness anymore it's coming from a place of like this is fine um hey luke for the very last time um have you consumed any content over the last month (laughs) that you want to talk about I mean, if we're going to talk about something, it has to be Avatar, right? It's great. I loved it. Did, I loved did you every, have it? Okay, awesome. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And did you have, we're not wait, gonna, did, wait, wait. Did you have other content you want to talk about? Probably, but I want to talk about Avatar, and I'm so not going to cut away. This is this isn't going behind a paywall. This is the last time. Let's let's end this show the way God intended with us talking about Avatar <laughs> Two: Way of the Water. I thought it was a fucking great movie. I think it has a great message, which is that the uh, nature is a valuable resource, and that like uh, you should brutally kill whalers and members of the of corporate police state. I think it's really important uh, message for children, and it's great. I think it's great. It's a great movie. I got some thoughts. Um, I think I think it is actually a significantly better movie than it should be, all things considered, and it is a better movie than the first movie would have implied it would have been. Like it was, it was a good movie. Uh-huh. It's not like an, a brilliant movie. It's not like a, you know, uh, it's not up without like to compare it to other franchise movies. It's not a Dark Knight. It's not a 
Black Panther. It's yeah, it's fine. It's like a <laughs> yeah. top top twenty five percent. Great, well done. I do think there's a couple of really interesting things. One is that James Cameron is doing a thing that I was trying to think about this. The last person to attempt to create out of nothing a brand new universe, creative universe on film first. And I genuinely think the last one was Star Wars, with the possible exception of the Fast and the Furious universe, but I don't think anyone tried to create that. That just, like, existed. Well, it depends on how you want to think about it, right? So, like, obviously Star Wars is probably the closest to this. Um, I think I think James Cameron has sort of been working his way up to a large-scale mythology piece for a while, though, because, like, he made Terminator and, like, That's true, two but Terminator I- movies. But I think Terminator, Terminator the first movie was like, it wasn't intended to be a universe. Whereas like, this always felt conceived as a brand new universe. There was world building, there's lore, there's like lots of stuff to it, which I don't think has existed in any other movie for a long time. I would give, I would give it that. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say that this is like, and it's actually kind of fascinating to see how the lack of source material is affecting it. It's like, because it feels quite hollow in weird ways, because it also doesn't, Unlike like the original Star Wars movies, which have allusions to stuff that just doesn't exist, which I feel yeah. like old like like younger people might not re- like realize this, but like when when the Star Wars movies first came out, up until Phantom Menace, like there was just random shit that like yeah. didn't exist mentioned all the time in that in the in those first three movies. Like none of it, like, people would just argue about like what stuff was. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. And you can't really do that in a movie anymore. And he doesn't really do it in this. Like there no. is any anything that's left unresolved is very deliberately left unresolved. I think that's it. Like like I assume Sigourney Weaver's character is going to become like Jesus. N- like Jesus. Also, I got I got to you were about to say Neo and then obviously Neo I was gonna is say Jesus. Neo. Well, first I was going to first I was going to say Avatar like like literally Avatar the Last Airbender because like that's clearly what's going to happen. There's going to be fire people next and then rock people and like that's literally what what's happening here. Yeah. I think the fifth movie they're all going to go to Earth according to James Cameron. The fifth Anyways. movie they're going to Earth. The next movie Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. But I want to I just want to be really clear. I want to I want to get something really clear for the record. There's a lot of talk about how horny directors are, you know. Yeah. And Michael Bay I very think- very horny. Michael Bay, very, very horny. Quentin Tarantino gets a lot of flack very for Love and Feet. Specifically horny for Feet, yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing any director has ever done on screen is as fucked up horny as James Cameron photoshopping a 70-year-old Sigourney Weaver into a teenage cat girl. <laughs> like, it is... And then giving her, like, magic butterfly powers as she, like, swims around in a bikini and, like, acts next to a human teenage boy. It is dark. It is a dark deviant art level of horniness that I think is unacceptable to have in a mainstream film. It is insane to me. It also resulted in, at one point... Avatar Sigourney Weaver with Sigourney Weaver's voice talking to human Sigourney Weaver with Sigourney Weaver's voice, which was one of those batshit moments I've ever seen in film. Like, yeah, it's, a, it's like almost like they, they set it all up and they did it and they had the effect shots and they're like, oh shit, they've got the same voice. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think of that, like, because no one had, that hadn't crossed anyone's mind. And also, talking of the effects, I found D3D in this to be... I like unwa- close to unwatchable at times. Like there is a I, fundamental f- flaw with it. 
The 3D. So I didn't see it in 3D. I just saw it in a normal oh, movie theater. Okay. And it looked great. I saw it in 3D. I'm sure in 2D it would look, look good. The thing is, is the way it's filmed, it's filmed with all the correct cameras and all that stuff. So great. When you have, like, I don't know, someone's hand in a close-up on the screen, it does look incredible. The problem is, is that the way you film a normal movie, you obviously have, like, a foreground shot, which is crisp, and then a background shot, which is blurred. As you have, like, in real life, it's like depth of vision, depth of feel. In this, what they have is because the, the cameras are now so good, they've arrived at this point where they can't have the foreground and the background in 3D at the same time. So what they instead do is that they kind of slide between them. So if you look at the wrong time at the thing in the foreground, when you're supposed to be looking at the thing in the background, the thing in the background's in 3D, the thing in the foreground is like two divided plates like next to each other that aren't 3d and at the same time if their person in the foreground starts speaking and your eyes are supposed to go to them your eyes go to them and suddenly they're in 3d again and then the background's out of 3d and it is i'm sure it was not this bad the last time around and i think it's because the cameras weren't as good and they weren't as developed but they've got so good now that you are constantly watching a 3d person against a theoretically 3d background that actually doesn't line up properly and because it can't, like that's not how your eyes work. So you're watching oh, this see. like broken background, and then a person who's in perfect three D in the foreground, and it's completely ludicrous. It's like, well, I don't know, it's mad. I'll say in two D it looked great. Uh, there's a couple moments where it gets to that level of like ultra high def in which it just looks like a security camera, you know, like a ring camera. But for the most part, things looked pretty good. Um, I will say that James Cameron was able to achieve for me, I think the most important thing about telling a story like this, which is that in every instance of a character running out of air underwater, I too would stop breathing instinctually in the movie theater and then gasp for air when they came out of the water. That's good. I mean, yeah, that is what you want. That is the truth. I mean, that level of immersion for me, I I, I don't know. I, I will say I, I, just to, just to sort of also put this in here to make to be very clear like the movie is like not a good representation of uh, anything indigenous oh, uh yeah. the, particularly its depiction of the the water tribe which is like using like totally batshit um like appropriated nonsense like tattoo imagery that doesn't line up with anything um all that stuff is a mess it's just an absolute is, mess. yeah the cultural stuff is is it's very much like hey we have a different tribe here uh they're not aboriginal americans we're going to make them aboriginal Pacific like Islanders? Maori. Yeah, Pacific like, Islanders, basically. Okay, awesome. Now that we have Aboriginal Pacific Islanders here, but they're they're blue and also... I, I, I Yeah, that, that stuff was a fucking mess. It was a mess. It's a total mess. But I, I do have to say that James Cameron's commitment to making cops and capitalists and the military the bad guys is something that, like, I didn't realize I missed from movies, but... I mean, the man just knows how to make an evil army sergeant. He really does. And, like, the totally insane-looking, um, like, army Navi who are, like, wearing Oakleys are, yes. like, so out of good. control wild. Un- like, like, an unbelievable idea. And, you know, like, you forget that, like, this is the guy who is, like, I can make the evil robot in Terminator 2 be any profession I want. What should he be? Oh, a traffic cop. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's important it's important to show i thought the whole side plot about the whale and i think his name is piotin 
Pyote? I'm not getting into it. One of them, yeah, sure. I loved when the whale killed everybody. I thought that was great. I thought I yeah. think I think like you know, it's one thing to have a sentient whale in your story. Uh, it's another thing to let that sentient whale just go fucking ballistic on a bunch of Australian whalers. And I think that it's a very negative depiction of the Australian uh, it's nationality. A fair, it's a fair depiction. No, I, I was gonna say I think I some supportive. I'm supportive of that depiction yeah. of Australians. I think it was important although, to show. Although to be fair, Jermaine Clement's in there for some reason. He's obviously a Kiwi, so he yeah. is, and he's the only one at the end who's like, "I don't yeah. think we should be doing this." Um, I also thought it was like ballsy to go into Starship Troopers territory, where they're like literally drilling a hole in the whale's oh, brain. That's to the get most goo. insane thing. Where it's like, "Hey, we're drilling insane. a hole in the in the brain, the the whale's brain to get this goo," and then they bring it out, and there's this glowing goo that they've gone to another planet and mounted a whale hunt with like spaceships, and they're like, yeah. "This is worth one million dollars," and it's like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" It's worth so much money because it stops the human aging process. No, it's no, it's worth no, no. It's worth one million dollars. But isn't it like one million dollars per per the amount no, they get out the of the whale? Oh, they, they take from, this, they take it's a tube one out. whale's goo is worth a million dollars each, which actually doesn't make a lot of sense with inflation. This is my point. It's absolutely oh, makes, yeah. it makes no sense with inflation. It also makes yeah. no sense to go to fucking space. Take, to make like a million a, dollars. take like a four-year journey across space to hunt whales with spaceships and then yeah. be like, yeah, we made a million dollars. Really? Have you? Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a great movie and I'd watch a third one. I have no problem watching it. Th- I will never re-watch the first two, but I'll watch a third one. And I think that's key. I think sort of having the foggy memory, although wait, we haven't even talked about the most important part, which is that... Uh, like, uh, there's still a fucking cat guy with a Boston accent, and now he has a family who call themselves Sullies. Yes. <laughs> also, they all have, they can tell whether or not they're uh, fake or not by the number of fingers they have, which is also yeah. really fun. But, like, the whole, Sullies stick together. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're gonna go on a Dunkin' Donuts run. Oh, that's funny. And also, what's-his-face still can't do a Boston accent, which I think is, like, amazing, that they're forcing this Australian guy... To try to do a Boston accent because they want the cat guy to have a Boston accent, but he can't even do it. So it's like a halfway I, thing. I, I will say that that guy, Jake Worthington, has been through like a lot in the intervening period. Oh, really? Yeah. He um he basically had like a breakdown. He had like a serious alcohol issue. He basically kind of the, the movie, it was like, he was like, oh, okay, this is it. This is my thing. And then he did this. He did the, uh, was it a Terminator movie? He was an angel in a in a movie about like killer angels or something, right? It was called yeah. like um, it was something like that. Uh, he, he thought that like, he was. Uh, oh, what was it called? It was called. Oh, he was in Clash of the Titans. Clash of the uh, Titans. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, and it was like he was that. in Terminator. He was in. Uh, what is the one I'm thinking of though? Where it's like, is it not even him? I thought it was like a thing where like there's a like, killer angels or something. It's really bad. It's like one of those like sci like movies that plays on Sci Fi Channel all the time. No, I don't even think it was him. I don't know what this movie was that I'm thinking yeah. of. That's no, no, yeah, no, Sam Wellington. He basically went through a bunch <laughs> of things and did not. Ha- he didn't have a great time. Like he had like some legal issues. He had he had a, basically a series of problems and seems to have kind of come out of them on the other side uh, with Avatar, which okay, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah. Hey, you um, know, I think that that's a beautiful story and a lovely thing. And if you look at his Wikipedia page, um, it lists 
<laughs> three more Avatar films coming up. So yeah. I think there's worse. I think there's worse fates than being the main character of what will probably be the highest selling movie franchise of all time. Yes, I think per I movie think per per movie. Yeah, yeah, the highest uh, the highest average for sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah, for um, sure. I think we should commit now. To oh boy circle back on this feed to record an episode after the fifth avatar after the fifth avatar yeah we're not recording okay. after this next one 2028 like, so we may we come may sh- in five years we uh yeah yeah in five years okay. like we may we may come back before then but like we should commit to at least that okay i think in all seriousness i'll say like if you listening want this show to come back it's actually very easy if you want us to look into something, you know, let me know. It might not be a regularly produced episode, but like, let's see what happens. Also, yeah. if you if uh, you want to ignore the rant that I put in earlier in the episode about how podcasting <laughs> is a very e- easy industry that's made complicated by indecisive people, and you want to be a decisive person in that in that very uncomplicated industry, you know, let us know. Uh, we'll we'll host whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'm happy to commit to come back after Avatar five in 2028, no matter what. Yeah, right, that's a that's a good that's a good thing. Also, um, uh, we've got to come back and watch all the new DC movies that James Gunn's going to release. So, I don't want to go back to watching movies, man. That was <laughs> no more movies. Only only Top Gun movies. The Top Gun movies is good. There's a Fast and the Furious movie that'll be great. But even Marvel, even Marvel movies, I'm I'm I want to I'm really looking forward to watching a Marvel movie without thinking about how I'm going to discuss it on this podcast. Yeah, me too. Actually, I'm I'm pretty excited. Uh, I I'm yeah, I'm excited to consume content, not to stay sane, but to enjoy <laughs> it. Yeah. Good. Um, thank you very much, our lovely listeners. Thank you, Luke, my lovely co-host. Uh, this is not the end, but it is definitely over for now. Yeah, it is an end, and we yeah we should we should be really clear. Like we absolutely really appreciate and enjoy everyone who has listened to this and responded to this and been in the discord and uh been involved with the show because uh, yeah, it's all about the listeners and we really it has been really it's been really gratifying to know that people have listened and enjoyed it and enjoyed us talking about uh nonsense a lot of the time I'm not coming in to save you. This is the longest and most eloquent you've been at the ending of a single episode that we've done. So I'm letting you do this. No, that's it. That's I'm done. That's all you got? Yeah. That's I, all I, got. I want to say I agree with Luke that this has been a fantastic show and meeting all of you and doing live events and uh, talking to people in DMs and on Discord and all this stuff. It's, you know, this, uh, this show was created basically as a way to not feel alone during one of the darkest <laughs> times of our lives. And then it kind of grew into something larger. And I think that like... That's beautiful. Uh, no matter where we were in the depths of the content mines, it never felt like we were alone. And I think that's very lovely. And um, I'm, I'm glad that we've blazed a trail and more men will be able to post podcasts in the future. I think that's really the key. Is that like, if more uh, pairs of male friends can record a podcast together about ostensibly nothing, uh, that's then we've done our job. And that's Yeah, it. we have. We have. We've really achieved something. Uh, all right. Signing off. Thank you for uh, everything. Uh, We're going to leave the content mines now. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye.